Blog Talk Radio. The following show is a proud member of the ShowDoc Network. Learn more about this show and other great shows by logging on to ShowDoc.com. This week's episode of the Sports Docket is being sponsored by Blog Talk Radio, System Showdown, and by the Sports Docket. What's on your docket? Welcome to the sports docket with Ace Man and the Quas. Tune in to hear their take on New York sports to see if their teams make the grade. Presented by ShowDoc.com Live from Lynbrook in Syracuse, New York, this is the Sports Docket Radio Show with Ace Man and the Quas. Time to talk of a storm. Hello and welcome to a new decade of the Sports Docket on Blog Talk Radio. This is episode 57 for Thursday night. January 7, 2010, believe it or not, it's our first show after a 10-month hiatus. We hope everybody had a nice New Year's. We are coming to you live tonight from our hometowns in Brooklyn and Lynnbrook, New York. You just should call that Lynn Brooklyn. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ethan Quassman. Very nice, Quass. And I'm Stephen Ackerman, and we've got a great show for you guys tonight. In just a couple of moments, Ed Valentine, a blogger for SB Nation's Pinstripe Alley, and Patrick O'Keefe, formerly of Yank's blog, We'll be on the docket once again as part of a panel discussion to discuss the Yankees' off-season moves following their 27th world title. <clears throat> At 8.30 p.m., we will preview the Jets' upcoming wildcard playoff game, the rematch against the Cincinnati Bengals at the Jungle in Cincinnati, of course, and we'll discuss the Eastern Conference best New Jersey Devils, who once again are riding Marty Bordeaux this season. What a job they've done. The, the Red Hot New York Rangers as well, coming off a 5-2 win last night against the Stars and the Up and Down Islanders. In regards to the hardwood, we'll also give the Knicks a few more minutes this year uh, since they're a game behind the eighth playoff spot, so they're actually in the race this year. And the Nets, well, they're now going to get our 32 seconds of shame in order to have one second for each of their 32 losses this season as opposed to the three wins. As always, this time of year, we'll discuss the hot stove and the Mets signings as well of Jason Bay and Kelvin Mescobar. During the show, we want to hear from the phone lines as well. We will be taking questions when guests are on as well. You can call us at 646-478-5118. That's 646-478-5118. You may have to press 1 to get in the caller queue. And also, if you would prefer to message your queries, you can name myself at MetsFanatic910 or my co-host, the Quas, of course, at GoTalkToQuas. In addition, you can also leave a voicemail or send us a text during off-show hours by calling or texting us at 315-497-SHOW. That's 315-497-7469. Be sure to text or say sports docket or SD before you text or call. So, Stephen, it's uh, sure good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, with all this technology, uh, (laughs) it's it's, it's crazy. (laughs) Speaking of being back, the Yankees, unfortunately for us, uh, back in uh, October, November, whenever the World Series is, because the schedule is all over the place, uh, they're now the Kings of New York, and the Mets just had an awful season. Uh, also, the Yanks, you know, of course, they make a big splash right away by signing Curtis Granderson. I mean, they've had a successful all season following their World Series championship. Absolutely, and um, at least for you, Steve, the Jets are kings of NY football right now. Uh, my Giants suffered a collapse this year, starting 5-0, and kind of similar to the one the Mets suffered in the uh, 07 and 08 seasons. Absolutely, Quas, you got that right. Uh, we'll definitely get into the playoff. Uh, Jets, 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 uh, and the disappointing Giants. You know, we'll get into those those two seasons in depth. Uh, but we'll uh, start off with some Yankees off-season talk. Uh, you got that right. Uh, on that note, we'd like to welcome to the docket Ed Valentine, a blogger for Pinstripe Alley. Ed, hope you a great New Year's, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us tonight. Ed, you're on the line. I don't believe Ed is here. I, believe, I think uh, only Patrick's in the line right now. Ed, Patrick. Probably jo- Patrick is here. Patrick O'Keefe joining us now, formerly of Yanks Blog. Patrick, hope you had a great New Year's, and thanks for joining, for joining us tonight. 
Hey, guys. It's great to be on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hope you had a good one. Uh, and the Yankees, um, you know, before anything else, I mean, uh, you know, they signed Curtis Granderson after uh, winning the World Series. Uh, what do you think of that move? Well, you know, the 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 question really is dealing Austin Jackson, um, you know, because he was, you know, one of the top prospects in the system, if not the top prospect. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm excited about the prospect of Granderson playing, I think, with his left-handed bat. I mean, we're gonna, he hit 30 homers last year, um, really didn't have a great year. Um, besides, you know, the homer number is good, but average, I think maybe his average is a little deceptive and doesn't uh, portray, uh, you know, him being as good a hitter as he actually is, you know, for his career, he has hit uh, a little higher, I believe. He's at 272 versus 249 last year. So I think he's going to come back to that to that uh, that average, that average of 272, 344 OBA, and bounce back a bit. So maybe we bought him, maybe a little low, but at the same time, we definitely had to give something up to get him. Definitely, absolutely uh, right with those points on Grandison. And also, do you think Yankee Stadium will help him out as far as his hitting goes? Because obviously. Uh, Comerica Park in Detroit is a very spacious ballpark, and maybe uh, with that short porch in right field, maybe he'll uh, have some power numbers back. Well, I think that's uh, well. He had 30 last year, so I think that's, that's a, that was a great number for him. Obviously, a, a career high. Um, before that, he had 22, 23 in the years prior to that, so it was a career high by a good margin. But at the same time, you have that short porch um, for the Yankees. Um, and I think he'll definitely take advantage of that. I don't know, 30 is still kind of a high number for him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he puts it up uh, yet again. If you look at, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the short porch and right, I should say, and obviously him as a lefty pulling to right, but if you look at his home runs last year in Comerica Park, for instance, where the Tigers play, all of them were to right field. Um, so, I mean, that should give you an idea of what um, he can bring to, to Yankee Stadium, and I think that will just continue there as he'll take advantage of the short porch. Uh, now, Patrick, of course, uh, the Yankees have had a very loud um, offseason following a World Series. Uh, is this just the Yankees being the Yankees and the Steinbrenners being the Steinbrenners? You know, it doesn't really seem that loud. I mean, I, I, that's not like – see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a humble, humble Yankee <laughs> fan. Like, I, I've been a Yankee fan since I was born, since 84, and I, and I remember um, when we had pitchers like um, Scott Sanderson – and, uh, you know, all of this type of pitches, and Steve Farr as the closer, and Spike Owen and Mike Gallego as a double play combination. So, I mean, I, I know when the Yankees were bad. I was a fan then. I have a book on my bookshelf, the 1993 Yankees, I believe it is, and it's, not, it's an ugly sight. Um, but, you know, I think if you look at this offseason, I mean, compared to last, I think last was sort of the planets aligned where the level of talent was so high and we had some players coming off the books, we had some money, that we went out and signed one of the best pitchers in baseball maybe the, the top three, top two second, first baseman in baseball, um, you know, and then A.J. Burnett, who's uh, a great pitcher as well. So I think coming from that, it's, it's definitely a little quieter. I think maybe more – we're just kind of filling pieces right now because we do have a lot of players coming back. We do have the core of the team coming back. We have our ace, shortstop, third baseman, um, you know, uh, all of these great players. So going out and getting Granderson – and improving upon what we had in center field last year with Melky Cabrera, and then trading for Vasquez to shore up the, you know, the, the back end of the rotation. Um, you know, those are uh, you know, deals made to kind of fill in the pieces and get the guys we need. And other than that, I think it's going to be bench guys and just filling out the bottom of the depth of the roster. Yeah, the Yankees have a very stacked roster. Before we continue, I'd like to welcome Ed Valentine from uh, Pinstripe Alley. Ed, how are you doing? Ed was just on a – I think he – Got disconnected or hung up. Hopefully he'll call back. Oh, he's just on. Well, we're trying to get Ed on. Uh, but anyway, right now we have Patrick O'Keefe, of, uh, formerly of Yanks Blog. Uh, we're talking about the Yankees offseason so far and how they're going to be next year following a world championship. So right now, uh, how do you think the Yankees are compared to the Red Sox? Do you think they're better than them in uh, all facets of the game? Or do you think that the Red Sox will have a chance to beat them next year as far as the division goes? Well, I think it's, you know, the Red Sox definitely, definitely have a chance. I think, you know, the, the, anything can happen, and on paper they're a very, very good team. I think they match up pretty well with the Yankees. Uh, I mean, obviously they're, they've made some moves this offseason, I think playing maybe a little bit of catch-up um, to kind of try to match the Yankees depth-wise. I mean, if you look at the rotation, you have Lester, Beckett, the lackey, lackey the new guy, and some conglomeration of Matt Zaka, Buck Holtz, and Wakefield, I guess. 
to round it out. And, you know, well, when you compare that to the Yankees, the Yankees stack up well if you go up and down the lineup. Victor Martinez versus Posada, maybe edge the socks on that one. But first base, Uchilis Teixeira, second base, Cano Pedroia, shortstop, Scudero and Jeter, Beltre, A-Rod. I mean, um, it, it does stack up pretty well. They're probably stronger in the outfield, um, definitely offensively. But, uh, you know, infield-wise and, and pitching-wise, it, it, it seems like, uh, you know, the Yankees really do hold their own there. Uh, joining us right now is Ed Valentine from the Pinstripe Alley. Uh, Ed, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on this r- roundtable tonight. Hello? Hello. Hi, hi, what's up? Hi, how are you? Doing good, yeah. Um, Happy New Year, Ed. Thank hi. you. Um, uh, we were just talking about uh, with the Curtis Granderson deal. I want to get uh, your impressions on that move and um, if you think the Yankees have had a loud offseason. Uh, I think... I love the Granderson move. Um, I wouldn't qualify the off season as loud for the Yankees. I mean, last year was a loud off season, spending what was it, four hundred twenty-three million dollars in free agency. That was a loud off season. This has just been an off season where they've, you know, they've made a couple of choices. I mean, they, you know, replacing basically replacing. Um, you know, Damon and Matsui with, uh, you know, with, with younger players. And Melky um, Cabrera as well. Right, right. I mean, really, you know, they, they've made a few choices. They haven't, you know, they haven't really made a splash. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, they yeah, spent, of course, almost uh, half a billion dollars last year on Teixeira, CC, and A.J. Burnett. Of course, this year, maybe just a few trades. Um as of now, the Yankees, as you mentioned, did lose uh, Damon and Melky Cabrera and uh, also Matsui to the uh, Angels. Out of those three, who do you think the Yankees are going to miss the most? We'll start with um, Really, probably Matsui. You know, it sounds... I, I yeah, think, I think there's, a, there's an emotional attachment to Damon, um, but... The, you know, the thing about Matsui when he's healthy is Matsui always hitting the five-hole in that lineup, and he was always a key RBI guy. And the one thing, when you look at the Yankee lineup right now, you look at that lineup and you go, well, well who's going to hit fifth every day? You know, who's going to protect uh, Who's going to protect A-Rod? And, uh, you know, can Granderson do that? I'm not sure Granderson can do that. You know, I, and we we know Cano can't do that because we you know we've we've seen what happens when you stick him in the middle of the lineup and, and you know and try to ask him to be that guy. You know he presses and he doesn't drive in any runs. So uh, so on a day to day basis, I don't know who that guy is going to be. You know, hitting behind Rodriguez. Well, yeah, I guess your options right now are Granderson, uh, you have Posada, you could possibly put in there, and you said Cano, of course. So when he comes into these clutch situations, not really the answer. So do you think maybe uh, they can maybe give Swisher a shot at the fifth spot? Oh, I think I think you'll see Swisher hit there some. I think you'll see Granderson hit there some. I think you know you, you've hit all the possibilities. You know Posada can hit there. You know the the question is how you know how much how many games can Posada play? Mm-hmm. You know because he's he's getting up there. You know so how many you know how many games can is he actually yeah. going to be able to be in Absolutely. the line? And getting to that magic number as far as catches go. Right. Um, we're joined right now by bloggers Ed Valentine and Patrick O'Keefe. Uh, this is a question, Mr. O'Keefe. Uh, currently, the Yankees have ten infielders and four outfielders on their roster. Are some of these uh, infielders going to the outfield, or is this crowded infield going to subside before pitches and catches report? Well, uh, you know, Chad Jennings at the Yankees, uh, the Loja Yankees blog, reported yesterday, I think, um, that. Cashman basically said the priority right now, the, the main thing that they're looking at is outfielders, uh, backup outfielder, right-handed outfielder. Um, so I think that'll be the fifth outfielder. You know, Jamie Hoffman, not real sure. As a fourth, he could not make the ro- roster. I mean, it's really an experiment with him right now with the Rule 5 pick. Um, you know, they're going to try him out, see how it goes, but it's not, there's not really a big commitment there. Obviously, you have Swishy, you have Gardner, you have Granderson, and then after that, just really looking for a backup guy or two. And, you know, it's not going to be a big name. It's not going to be um, a big trade. It's, you know, the salary is limited, a few million dollars maybe. Um, so it'll be just some sort of depth, some sort of bottom of the outfield rounding out that you'll see happen, and then they'll go with, uh, I'm sure, five outfielders. All right, now, of course, uh, I have a question for both of you. I guess we could start with Ed first. 
Um, now, obviously, pitching is very important, and you're going to need starting pitching to win. The Yankees uh, have their top four. They have CC, AJ Burnett, uh, Andy Pettit, and of course uh, Javier Vasquez. Now, do you think the fifth starter is going to be user Jabba? I've seen oh, that, two of them in, but uh, that's probably the million dollar question right now. Yeah, that's that's the uh, you know that's that's the the thing that uh, you know you ask everybody and you're going to get a different answer. I mean, the the question really comes down to. I mean, let, let me put it this way. In my opinion, I think seven or eight years from now, we're going to look at it, and I think Phil Hughes is going to be a better pitcher than, than Jabba Chamberlain. I think Hughes is going to have a better career as a starting pitcher than Jabba. I just think he's got a better personality for it. He's got the pitches for it. He's got the temperament. I just always look at Hughes, and I, I think he's going to have a better career as a starter. Um, but, you know, Jabba's temperament he's got that relief pitcher temperament you know as much as I love the fact that they started him last year give him that opportunity he's got the he's got that relief pitcher temperament he seems to throw the ball better he seems to be more aggressive uh, you know coming out of the bullpen you know the the problem is if you put Hughes in the rotation you know you have Hughes rules which means he's going to pitch 130 140 innings you know do you throw away all that all that work you did last year with Chamberlain, you know, in terms of building up his innings, you know, and go right back to that again this year. It's just going to be, I have no idea which way they're going to go with this, but it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see, to see how they handle it. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Uh, now we'll go over to Patrick here. Uh, Patrick, do you think uh, that the Yankees are looking at what the Red Sox done this offseason trying to beat that, or is General Manager Brian Cashman just focusing on keeping the Bombers within this uh, salary cap. Well, you know, as I, as I said earlier, I think a lot of the Red Sox was really kind of catch up at this point, and it's really not, you know, catching up. You signed Adrian Beltre to play third base. Okay, we have a Rod, right? Um, you signed Scudero. Okay, you know, we have Jeter. Um, you signed Lackey, obviously a great pitcher, probably better than Burnett, better than Vasquez. Um, some would disagree with that, I'm sure, but, you know, he's probably a little better, but how much better? And, you know, when you look at the rotation, Lester, Beckett, Lackey, you know, the last two guys are probably some grouping of, you know, Max Suzaka, Buckholz, Wakefield, something like that. The Yankees have Sabathia, Burnett, Pettit, Vasquez. Vasquez was the fourth uh, in, in Cy Young voting in the NL. He was fourth. I mean, so he was voted the fourth best pitcher in the National League last year. Now he's our fourth starter um, on our team. So, you know, I think he might be an underrated move there. Obviously, there's low expectations. He left the club, um, you know, not on the greatest of terms performance-wise with the fans. Um, obviously, the, uh, the playoffs and, and how that all ended for him didn't go well. So the expectations aren't high, but he's a very good pitcher. And then you have Chamberlain or Hughes rounding it out at the fifth spot. And I don't, you know, either way there, uh, I think the results might end up being similar. Both have been similar in the bullpen. Um, Jabba has had more experience starting, of course. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that the concern has been the Red Sox this offseason. The Yankees didn't seem to really ever be a serious player for Lackey. Um, they've kind of identified the guys they've wanted and, like Ed said, made choices. I mean, they made a decision to go after Granderson and, and solidify center field. Um, you know, they've, they made a choice to get Vasquez rather than signing one of the pitchers who's available in the free agent market or making a play for a reclamation case like DeSure or Sheets or whoever. Um, so I think it's, it's not really about the Red Sox. I think the team is pretty much done. They're going to get that outfielder, um, maybe another depth move, solidify the bench or the, or the bullpen. Um, and other than that, I think they're good to go, and, and then we'll see how it shakes out. But I think it's the Red Sox that have been the ones that have had to really um, play that catch-up this offseason, not the Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, off a world championship, you shouldn't need to play catch-up. I think the Yankees are really <laughs> stacked. <laughs> They're personally stacked for next year. Um, uh, so I guess I'll, I'll have this one final point. Uh, now that we've uh, come to the end here, do you think the Yankees will make any other major moves this offseason, or do you think they're pretty much going to just stick what they have in-house right now? Uh, we could start with Patrick. Um, I think it's going to be pretty much sticking with uh, what they have. Like I said, I think that you know there is this sort of, um, I don't know if it's totally unfounded or, or not, but just the idea of Damon still being out there and still being available and, and not yet finding a home. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked 
if he returned, but for all intents and purposes, it's, it's, it's unlikely. It's completely unlikely. It's a joke on Twitter with, uh, I think, Ken David off of Newsday. He seems to quote a fan every day uh, saying, you know, if, if this happens, would Damon be back? And he just says, no, no. No. So, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if he comes back at a, at a cheaper deal and, and, and just kind of um, improves that outfield. But, you know, really, no, I don't see anything big happening. They've got their roster in place. It's a strong roster, strong rotation. Um, bullpen pieces come and go. It's streaky. So, you know, they'll put together those pieces. And uh, beyond that, I think it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Ed? Yeah, I, I have to agree with that for the most part. I think, you know, when it when it comes to to the Yankees and, you know, a, a move like a Damon or something like that, you know, you, you never say never because, you know, you always remember when they said a few years ago that, that they were going to be happy with, uh, you know, with Bubba Crosby as their center fielder. And then, uh, you know, then they, then they signed Damon out of the blue, you know, toward the end of, uh, toward the end of the winter. So you never say never, but, but they're set. I mean, their rotation is set. Their bullpen is set. They have, you know, they have a lot of options. You know, about the only thing they're going to do, as Patrick said, is they'll find a right-handed hitting out outfielder to, uh, you know, to go along with with Gardner, and you know, maybe to uh, to play once in a while for Swisher over in right field, and, and that's about it. You know, and they've got uh, they've got a whole bunch of young infield uh prospects you know that that, that are going to compete for the you know for the uh, for the utility role so uh so they're pretty much set you know what you see with them right now is is what you get and yankee fans should be pretty happy with it all right well uh thanks guys we appreciate uh, you giving us a couple minutes of course at valentine of pinstripe alley and patrick o'keefe formerly of yanks blog thank you guys a lot for joining us and uh just to add a little side note i'm really surprised that they didn't sign matt holiday <laughs> to a uh, big contract. <laughs> Definitely. They were never yeah. in on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, obviously they do have that hole in left field. Uh, obviously, they didn't want to spend all the money again this year. Right, and there's a big pool next year, so that's kind of what uh, you know what they might be saving for. There's a lot of talent coming next year. Absolutely, and uh, Patrick, uh, definitely thanks for coming on once again, and wish you best of luck. And just tell us where can people follow you on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at ifroggy, I-F-R-O-G-G-Y. As you mentioned, um, uh, yanksblog.com is, uh, is, has come to an end for now, but uh, obviously I was born a Yankee fan, and then I'll die a Yankee fan, so that's not changing. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks so much again. Thank Patrick. you. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. That, of course, uh, was uh, Patrick O'Keefe, um, formerly of Yanks Blog, and had Ed Valentine on with us as well. Ed Valentine, of course, with Pinstripe Alley, yeah, Cross. I mean, the Yankees look really good for next year. They're absolutely they're they're stacked. They're, they're stacked. I mean, they have an outfield issue uh, problem, but it's not, it's, a, it's not really a bad problem. Uh, you know, honestly, with their their, their lineup with A Rod, Jeter, and Teixeira, I mean, they're they're stacked at all the other positions. They honestly, they could put Daniel Murphy in left and still make the playoffs. What's happening to no one's saying A Rod anymore? People are saying A Rod now. I mean, what's going on? I don't know. That? I mean, I think it was Kate Hudson. I think uh, she helped him Maybe last it was year. Maybe Tiger Woods. Maybe Tiger Woods took the headline away from A-Rod. But. Tiger Woods, yeah. I mean, uh, you know uh, you know what they say, right? Santa Claus, he stopped the three hoes. Tiger didn't. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, want to call in? The number you can call at any time now is 646-478-5118. You can also aim Stephen over at Mets Fanatic 910. As always, Sports Docket is back. You can aim me over at Go Talk to Quas. You can follow the Sports Docket on Twitter. we got about 60 followers. You can follow us over at twitter.com slash sportsdocket. And you can also be a fan of us on Facebook. So definitely do all of that. Uh, Stephen, let's talk about, uh, let's switch gears here, and let's get into these Jets. Um, finally, something to cheer about uh, at the Meadowlands regarding the Finally. Jets. Finally, Gang Green are in the post. One of my, you know, it's been a long time since one of my teams has made the postseason. Well, actually, I mean, the Rangers do make the postseason pretty much every year, but, you know, the Mets, they've really yeah, been disappointing since '06. And uh, finally, you know, the Jets, after, you know, Brett Favre, all that attention last year, starting at 8-3, and three, they end up collapsing towards the end. This year, instead, a bait with help from Peyton Manning and from uh, Carson Palmer, they're only playing a half in each of the games. Uh, still, the Jets, you know, they had to take care of those last two games, even with the starters uh, sitting out or whether the team had a clinch or not, the Jets still had to take care of business, and they surely did that. 
So do you think at all that like a blessing in disguise that the Jets got the Colts and the Bengals the last two games? Do you think those teams threw the game, or do you think they actually put their best effort in? Cause I mean, yeah. the Colts. The I mean, if you think about it this way, though, the Jets they played the Colts very tough until the starters came out. Uh, it was of course nine to three at halftime. The Jets, you know, they didn't. They they allowed one touchdown to a die. That was on the first drive after they did stop him on fourth down, and it got uh, called uh, first down on a uh, tripping penalty by Bart Scott. But uh, the Jets, they really did keep this game close. When Peyton Manning left the game, the Colts were 15-10. to 10. So the Jets were still in striking distance. I do not think they would have beaten the Colts when they kept their starters in. However, the Jets did keep it close, and they, they earned the win. Because did they win the game or not? They won the game, didn't they? Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, do you see any comparisons between this Jets team and the 69 team? I mean, you have a new coach. You have a first-year quarterback. Uh, well, they beat the Colts. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a big thing, you know. The, uh, that's a start. I mean, the Jets. I mean, put it this way, right? They have a, they have one of the top defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL. They have one of the best running attacks, if not the best running attack in the NFL. If Mark Sanchez does not turn the ball over, they can beat anyone. It's simple. Yeah. Sanchez. I mean, the Jets are a good quarterback away from being a twelve and fourteen. Yeah, this year, have, I mean, if the Jets had Brett Favre this year, I guarantee they would have been twelve and four. And we we have to talk about the best uh, the best defense in the NFL. I mean, people were saying that the Jets would become um, probably one of the few teams to not make the playoffs with the best defense. I mean, how often does that happen? And you know, the Jets do have the best defense. So. I mean, yeah. With I mean, they've they, all their guys have had such big years. The Jets, besides Chris Jenkins, have not really been you know, attacked Rebus. by the he's injury bug. Defensive player of the year, Darrell Rivas. Rivas is just unbelievable. He hasn't allowed anybody, you know, over like something like sixty yards the entire season. I mean, I mean, I think Roddy White did the best out of any receiver, and he pretty much had like three or four catches for like sixty yards and a touchdown. So I mean, the Jets really. I mean, Rivas anchoring that defense, and now with Lito Shepard getting healthy. And a great linebacking core. I mean, this defense really could stop anybody. They they even stopped the Colts. They held them to, uh, to 15 points in three and a half quarters, which is pretty uh, darn good. Great point. Uh, I mean, call number is 646-478-5118. Uh, we have a call on the line right now. Uh, he's a good friend of our show for a long time. Uh, we're going to switch a little Jets talk Mets. Uh, we're with um, Matt from 7 Train to Shea. Matt, it's great to hear your voice again. Hello? How you doing, Matt? Doing good, guys. Doing good. Glad to see you guys are back on the air. Absolutely. Uh, new, new year, month, new year, even better. Hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, New Year 2010, you know, our Mets, of course, terrible year last year, 2009. Could not have been worse. Uh, oh, of yes. Course. Well, at least you didn't book a trip to Denver to go see him play. Oh, God. <laughs> I can imagine. That I mean, was, it, it was miserable going and just seeing that in person, just watching it. I mean, every me and my dad went down there. It was just every went to all three games. Every game, walking back to the hotel, it was the same old talk. I can't believe he's hurt. I can't believe he's hurt. If they had him, they would have done better. But last season was just a train wreck. And hopefully, the signings really uh, this year, hopefully, the signings this year get us in the uh, the right the right direction for once. If yeah, you know, what I mean, wait, did the, uh, I could be wrong. Did the Mets even hit a home run last year? I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, I, I think so. Uh, maybe one like in uh, September and uh, well, garbage I remember, time. I remember, I remember one home run. I remember the home run that Santos hit off the uh, Green Monster. I remember the home run that the Apple didn't come up. I was at that game. <laughs> <laughs> the Apple Injuries didn't all around. No, they weren't expecting it, so. <laughs> they weren't ready for the Apple to come up. Yeah. Right, but anyway, in all seriousness, uh, obviously uh, the big move uh, coming this week, of course, the official announcing of uh, Jason Bay which will be our new uh, Canadian left fielder. Uh, how do you think he's going to do, Matt? I think he's going to do fairly well, Steve. Uh, you look at the spray charts around him, everybody's using that sabermetrics stuff. Uh, he's a pull guy, as Manaya said, as Jeff Wilpon said, as even Jason Bay said. A pull guy, you know, you see him jack home runs off the green monster with ease. I think he's going to do the same at City Field. I think he's going to use that towards his advantage as well. Well, uh, people, a lot of people are forgetting, too, PNC's left field center wall is 410, and he was hitting bombs off of that as well. Yeah, I think I he's going he's he's to be a good fit. He's going to be a good fit for this team. He's a, he's a quiet guy. Clubhouse a guy. guy. Just, yeah, clubhouse guy, goes about his business, you know, just gives 110%. Uh, 
He's going to earn every penny of that contract. You know, I what think. I'm worried about in regards to the Mets, and we're joined right now by Matt from Seven Train to Shake, what I'm worried about is David Wright. I mean, he hit, what, like 10 home runs last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, I mean, is this guy, is he going to get used to this ballpark? I'm not worried about David Wright. I no, really, I'm not, I'm not worried either. I mean, I'd be more worried right now about Jose Reyes and Carlos Beltran because Wright, Wright didn't have a major injury last year. I mean, he had that concussion, yeah, that and then he cool. wore that ridiculous helmet for a few games. <laughs> but <laughs> the helmet looked like uh, Shane Victorino times 20 or something. Yeah. But uh, was the great, uh, the great kazoo. That double flap, that double flap yeah. helmet. I was at that was. game. Yeah, that, that was, was the first game he came back. Yep, I was <laughs> at that game. He looked like, looked like the guy from the Jets. Star Wars. Have you guys seen uh, Spaceballs? Uh, I believe so. I think I have. Yeah. The guy that Which plays Darth that? Vader reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. But I, I guess Wright's been hitting this Hojo this offseason, according to uh, Bobby Ojeda. So I, I think it's that first, that first year in the ballpark. I, you kind of look at the Astros as, as well once they went to um, – what is it? When they went to Enron, whatever it's now, Minute Maid Park, uh, you know, a lot of guys struggled there. Berkman struggled. A ton of the guys, the pick boppers, struggled there. So I think it's more of a getting the feel of it for Wright. And it, part of it, part of it too, with Wright last year, um, with him, was it was more mechanics as well. You could see he was pulling up. He was kind of dipping that front shoulder, trying to you know, hit the ball out. And Wright's, Wright's not really a home run guy. If you look at him, he's more of a line drive. Gap-to-gap guy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, occasionally put one out, but that's what I saw. I think, similar, I, think he's, I think he's a little similar to Jason Bay in the fact that they're more like line drives, doubles-type hitters who just happen to hit home runs. Uh, I think Wright is that type of guy as well. You know, like Wright won't hit those 500-foot home runs, you know, like Ryan Howard will. But no. he gets enough. He gets his home runs, you know, when, when it's in his wheelhouse. And, you yeah, know, when he, when he drives it the other way as well. Yeah, there's actually something interesting brewing right now in terms of Mets first base situation. I mean, Daniel Murphy, people have penciled him in as the open day first base starter. I mean, they actually did a lineup uh, after the Jason Bay signing. They were going over the lineup for the Mets, and Daniel Murphy batting, I think, he was either fifth or sixth at first base. And now Carlos Delgado is apparently uh, hitting again. Um, it's been like two years, but he's finally back mm-hmm. uh, in the batting cage. I would stay away. Personally. Yeah, actually, he's playing right now. He's actually three for eight right now, all single, all singles. Excuse me, uh, in the first two games in the uh, Puerto Rican league. And I guess oh, the Mets wrong. are gonna go. They're gonna head down there this weekend to scout him. They wanna. He hasn't played the field yet, so they wanna look at uh, his durability and versatility um, on the field to see how you know that hip reacts. I honestly, I think they should move on from Delgado. I would say, you know. Do. I would try to get a right hand compliment to Daniel Murphy. Have them put the uh, and I then think you gotta look at uh you gotta look at a guy like Garco, Ryan Garco, a free agent, played with the uh, Indians uh Giants last season, plays first base, plays a little outfield as well, crushed left handed hitting. Uh, uh, if he was healthy one year Nady possibly. Yeah, Nady as well. The thing with Nady is I think he might be out until May and he's recovering from Tommy John surgery. So. And he's had a few of those now. He's had a few of those major surgeries as well. It's not the yeah. first I think the Mets are kind of staying away from that. They want to go for the more secure route than taking a, a chance, especially after last season on a well, guy like Daniel me. Daniel Murphy but... was the uh, leading home run hitter for the Mets last year, so why not? <laughs> Twelve home runs. Uh, he left. He did that. Just one more thing, um, uh, Matt. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, for a while here this offseason, the biggest offseason move the Mets made was R.A. Dickey. Um, yeah. <laughs> But eventually, they did make some other moves. Of course, Jason Bay finally mentioned they got Kelvin Escobar. Um, do you see anything to that move? He was good two years ago. Uh, he's a uh, he's a proven pitcher with the Angels. Do you think that the Mets would use him? I don't know. as kind of in that five star rotation. They talked to Mike Pelfrey in the off season. Pelfrey said, with Oliver Perez himself, Santana, Nice, and Maine, he thinks that the Mets. Uh, starting rotation is fine. Uh, I think you look at that rotation last year. Maine has uh, all kinds of issues. Uh, Pelfrey, uh, he he can't get off the mat without giving a balk. And uh, <laughs> licking his hands. Yeah. Yeah, or or running laps in the parking lot. Paris, Paris can no longer be fixed in ten minutes. So I mean, this this rotation is not good. Uh, ten years for Perez, not ten minutes. Ten, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, if, the, the first thing I ask you about is he's not going to be a starter whatsoever. I think he's pitched about five innings since like 2007. No, nah, he's, he's definitely going to be in the bullpen. Yeah, he's definitely, he could even be the setup guy to K-Rod. Well, that's going to return to his old form. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a, good, he's a good pitcher. Yeah, when when he's healthy, his stuff is phenomenal. He's nasty he stuff. with the Angels. Yeah, he's got great stuff. Just, I believe it was a two years healthy. ago or three years ago he won 18 games for the Angels mm-hmm. as a starter. Yeah, he did. You mentioned K Rod. Uh K Rod mm-hmm. is one guy that's gotta get back into form. Last year he was atrocious. Um only I mean only has thirty five saves. Uh, he, he went down with the game. team though. He went down with the team. He he was good for yeah. a pass. Yeah, he was good yeah, for a while. I think, I think he was hurt too. He might have been hurt a little, I think. He was hurt the end. His, I mean his number I mean, Who wasn't hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised I wasn't hurt watching the team, or you, Steve, or Quas, or, or anybody wasn't hurt. Well, I think if I stepped uh, anywhere near City Field, I'd tweak something. So, <laughs> every time I, went. I mean, it, it was honestly, I've never seen anything like it. I've never, I've never oh, yeah. seen nothing close. Uh, it's funny too. Speaking of injuries and uh, K-Rod, when I went down to Denver, I got there early. Him and Feliciano were warming up during uh, batting practice, playing catch. And I was right behind Feliciano. And uh, Kara, they were just chucking it back and forth as hard as they could. Feliciano missed it, hits the wall, just freaked the crap out of me. So that was that was my close call for the year. I almost landed up on the disabled list down in Denver as well. I almost got by a foul ball. I was sitting in the, the uh, fifth row. Uh, it was a game against the Phillies, a game that went to uh, extra innings. Uh, I was like 4-4. Four to four. And uh, Jason Worth made a diving catch to save the game. The Phillies would end up winning. Uh, there was a line drive. I moved down in my seats because uh, some of the fans left in extra innings, and I almost got clocked by Jason Worth. <laughs> it was about two, <laughs> about two seats away. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, yeah, I think everybody had a close call last year with the Mets. But I mean, hopefully, new calendar, new year, uh, everything will be uh, different. You know, who knows? I mean, uh, yeah. start of the 2000s, the Mets got to the World Series. Maybe they could do the same thing again. Yeah, we'll see. The, the, the starting pitching really scares me. Like Quas said, you got a whole bunch of uh, questions with him. You know, you got Santana coming off injury. I think he'll be fine. Pelfrey looks like more like a four or five starter to me. I don't think he's really a number two guy. Maine, you don't know if he's going to pitch a full season with that shoulder pitch, if it's going to give out. Oliver Perez is Oliver Perez. You don't know what you're going to get. He's Supposedly he's doing great down in this uh sports fitness boot camp down in Arizona, but, I mean, that's up in the air. And we don't know what they're going to do starting pitching-wise. They're looking at Pinheiro. Uh, Washburn could be one. Doug Davis could be another guy. John Garland. Garland. Uh, I like Garland in that spot. I think he uh, can give you some innings. And I, he, he's not going to win the Cy Young Award, but he, you know, he'll do all right. I think, yeah, I think Garland's the safest bet. I really do. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Garland's a, he's an innings eater. gives you 30-plus starts. You already, have, and you already have two lefties in the rotation. Really, no need for another one. No. Yeah, I mean, no. obviously Santana and Perez. I mean, I, Perez, like it or not, he's going to be in the rotation. He's getting paid twelve million dollars. Uh, you know, I, the, clearly the biggest hole right now is, is another starting pitcher. And uh, besides that, they need a compliment to Daniel Murphy, and you know, just so they can hold the fort maybe until Ike Davis is ready because uh, he seems like he's he, he might be coming up as a good prospect. Oh yeah, Ike Davis is going to be a stud. I saw him play. Down at uh, ASU. Yep. Yep. Down there, some play 2007. I want to say I think it was his sophomore year. Uh, he's got a he's got a Ken for an arm. He's playing right field. I think today I went to go see him. Ken for right for for an arm. Uh, just great pop in the bat. He's gonna do. He's definitely gonna be a guy that hits you know 20 home runs, 40 doubles. This guy's a real deal. Whatever he's you know hyping him up to be, he's gonna be the real deal. I think he's going to be an impact guy when oh, he's so. up here. All right, Matt. Uh, well, yeah, thanks for giving us a few minutes of some Mets baseball. And, hey, no uh, yeah. problem. Thanks for uh, having me on. No problem, man. All right. And Take now, care. where can people check out your show? Uh, you still Sundays at 7, right? Yep, Sundays at 7. we got Mike Silva of NY Baseball Digest coming on this okay. Sunday at 7. Awesome. So we'll be tuning in. And good luck with everything, Matt. And uh, let's go, Matt. All right, let's go Mets and uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Good game this weekend, and that's exactly what we're going into right now. Perfect. Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, I thanks, guys. It. Thank you very much. See you later, Matt. Thanks.
that, of course. Uh, Matt Pignataro, 17 Shea. That's over at Blog Talk Radio. That's 17 Shea. And uh, this is a story with Matt. He never wanted to change it to 7 Train to City um, because it doesn't sound good. So, 7 Train <laughs> um, Before we get into the Jets here, we'll go for the Mets and the Nets real quick. Stephen Time, you got 32 seconds. Uh, the Nets? Um, when's the next time they're going to win a game? <laughs> uh, well, right now they're 3-32. and 32. They lost 32 games. Uh, Jay-Z is their owner, and uh, they're presented by McDonald's. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, the head coach says, uh, the press conference, I don't even know who the head coach is at this point. That's how bad they are. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, the guy's name is, is Kiki Vanaway. Wow. Even, I mean, obviously they fired uh, Lawrence Frank. I mean, how could yeah. you not? No, the Nets were actually fun. Um, the Nets were actually a story when they were, when they were, didn't win a game. But once the Nets won that first game. Yeah, people, that was it. People start with, and the Nets just kept losing. People keep talking about them. But the fact that the Nets have actually won, the, the Nets, one of their three wins, has come against the Knicks. Well, I mean, that's not, that's not a shocker. Even though the Knicks have had a decent season this year. The Knicks, uh, Knicks have, actually, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I really do. I do. The, the Knicks look good. Uh, that Italian player, uh, Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, he looks really good. Um, David Lee's been great, and, um, you know, they have a good core of guys there now. Yeah, well, uh, what you're saying about with Gallinari, I mean, they were concerned about his back at the beginning of the season, but, he, I mean, he's looked fine. And he's uh, he's one of the best shooters right now in the NBA at, at a very young age. So yeah. I mean, the Knicks. Chris I think Gallinari is one of those guys that they can build around. I mean, if hey. you if you can get LeBron or Wade or one of those big guys in next year, I mean, uh, him with Gallinari, that could be a good, nice one-two right there. Yeah. Oh, I think if you're going to Wade and LeBron James, you might want to take uh, LeBron. But I mean, if you're, you right now, you're looking at this. Wayne LeBron, uh, they keep every time the Knicks play the the uh, Cavaliers or the Heat, it's always a hot topic. But I, I think at this point in time, just wait till the season ends and then we'll decide. I mean, the Knicks right now have a chance of actually doing something. So I would definitely. All right, that was two minutes. That's enough. Hey, I'm done with the Knicks. All right, we gotta get to this Jet game. Are we absolutely on, on the rest of the NFL games this weekend? Um, so uh, Quas, so why don't you start on some thoughts about this uh, game this weekend, in Cincinnati? Jets, Bengals, I hope um, Ocho uh, Sosinko, or whatever his name is, uh, Ocho Cinco. Um, Might be Johnson this week. He said if he was held catchless, the name goes back to Johnson. So uh, what name will be on the jersey this weekend? That would be a good poll question. How about, how about Ocho Sosinko? That will be his name. Or, I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, Ocho Island, maybe. He said he was after, on Re- Revis Island. After the game, people calling him Ocho So Blanco because he the the uh, Bengals didn't score or anything, but um, I mean this weekend uh, the Jets, of course, at Cincinnati. Um, actually, less than two days until the game. Uh, you know, Rex Ryan. This is his first time coaching a playoff game. It's gonna be interesting to see uh, how he manages the game. But I think in this game, Stephen, we're gonna see the Jets uh, do a lot of running. What do you think about that? Well, the Jets are going to go to their bread and butter, which they've done all season. That's running and uh, and stopping the opposition on defense. I mean, uh, you're going to see Jones probably get 25 to 30 carries in this game. You're going to see Green be a, a you know a factor in the mix. I mean, no matter what you can say about the Bengals' defense, I know they're getting a few guys back this weekend. I know they're going to step it up a notch. Obviously, they're at home. They're in front of their fans. It is the playoffs. But last week, if you watched that game at all, I mean, even though the Bengals may not have been playing their hardest football, the Dead Jet offensive line absolutely demolished them. If they do that again, I, I really don't care who's in the game. The Jets will win. I mean, if the Jets can run for 250 yards again, I, and, you know, those trick plays with Brad Smith, if they work, I, then I think the Jets win this game, and I, I think fairly easily as well, to yeah. be honest. I just want to say one thing. I mean, of course, the Jets and Bengals are playing two games in, a ma- in less than a week. Uh, because the game's on Saturday at 4.30. And um, if you actually look at the four games, uh, the four wild card games, um, 75% of them are going to be repeats. And that's never happened before in the NFL. Green Bay yeah. playing Arizona again. Philly's playing Dallas. And the Jets are playing Cincinnati. And that's yeah, never very weird, way, very weird. The way the schedule has worked, I mean, and Dallas did something they've never done. Um, the summer, the uh, I guess the winter of denial is over for Dallas because they finally won in December uh, against and the Eagles. That even wackier, by the way, also. Sorry to bother you. But if the uh, Ravens lost to the Raiders, the Houston Texans would have gone to New England. So you would have had four rematches if that were the case. Yeah, that was 
Well, that were not that was not the case. So it, it is a moot point. I don't know why. I just oh, we, we that have up. a uh, we have a fan, a Jets fan, who's actually tuning into our show right now. He said his new name is Mucho Sucko. Mucho uh, Sucko. There you go. <laughs> Ocho Singo. Number to call in as always into our show is six four six four seven eight five one one eight. We are talking Jets right now. Uh, Fireman Ed seemed to take over the uh, the crowd and kind of steal Ocho Cinco's thunder. Uh, <laughs> last Sunday. Well, Fireman, of course, is a Jets icon. He he's absolutely he, you know, he gets the fans going. He's a passionate guy. And uh, by the way, something I forgot to mention before. Uh, I I mean, I think the two big keys to this game, the two main players to watch for the Jets, that one is going to be David Harris. Um, he of course he's banged up with that uh, bum ankle that he hurt in the game last week. Um, he walked off the sideline last week, and he did practice today. Uh, in limited basis, but uh, he's still he's very questionable for this week. Uh, the Jets, I mean, they, he's been absolutely humongous all year. If you've watched all the all 16 Jet games, he's all over the place on the field. And to stop Cedric Benson in that running game, they're going to need David Harris. And for the, I think for the Bengals, the, the biggest key is can uh, Lavernius Coles be a factor? Because with Revis, you know, you have to assume he's going to shut down Ocho Cinco because you know he shut down everybody he's faced this season. Can Lavernius Coles be a factor? You have to think Coles wants to get some revenge. Coles, you know, he's had some playoff experience with the Jets, and maybe a little chip on his shoulder against his old team. I think Lavernius Coles, if he has a big game, the Bengals, that's one way they could uh, win this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and um, Otosinko also has a bruised knee. I should mention that, but it, it appears okay for the game. So Otosinko should be in the game as well. But uh, Carlson Palmer, who... Uh, had a terrible game last week. I don't think he's going to be phased at all from that. Uh, he just he only completed one of 11 passes uh, for zero yards, and, and, and he was intercepted once. Um, he's actually been sliding. The Bengals have not had a good second half of their season. Uh, so. Well, it appears, I mean, since the Chris Henry tragedy, of course, which is uh, awful, yeah. um, they, they haven't been the same. They've only won uh, one game since. And that was against Kansas City at home, and that was a game that they had to score a touchdown in the final uh, possession to win that game. So I mean, they, they really have played spotty football. They lost, of course, to the Jets. They lost to the Chargers, uh, two tough teams, but still um, games that they would have won, you know, early in the season when they were playing well. Um, I mean, the Bengals, I'd be a little concerned. Um, I think they have a chance to win this game, but I think overall the Jet defense and offensive line w- is, is going to be enough to win this game for the Jets. I like the Jets on the road. 23 to 20. Yeah, actually, uh, it was interesting to pick 23 to 20. And um, a lot of uh, the other the other games this weekend, a lot of people are also picking by those similar scores. Uh, I see a lot of people actually pick uh, Dallas beat Philly 24 to 20. A lot of it should be a lot of close games this weekend, and I think the Jets and Bengals should be one of those close games. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I don't think. I mean, Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, uh, his first time in the spotlight. Um, now, Chad Pennington, if you remember, uh, kind of had a little bit up and down in the playoffs in his first couple of appearances. But I, do you think that Sanchez will have the same kind of deal? I mean, we'll see what happens. Well, I think the Jets, put it, put it this way, the Jets are in trouble if Sanchez needs to win the game for them at the end. Mm-hmm. I think the Jets, uh, they're going to try to you know control with the running game. If the Jets can't get up to if the Jets fall behind, they're in trouble, put it that way. Because if they fall behind, they got the pass. And Sanchez pretty much the last, like, two, you know, they, they've won five out of six, but it's been all the running games. Sanchez has not won a game for them all season. Um, if Sanchez doesn't make mistakes, they should be fine. However, that, you know, it's not a certainty. So I think if the Jets want to win this game, they're going to need to just do it the way they've been doing it, and that's the running game. It's simple as that. And uh, you mean you don't have much faith in Kachiri and the other receivers? But... No, I do have faith. I think Braylon Edwards has played very well since uh, you know coming here. Uh, he hasn't dropped as many passes as he appeared to in uh, Cleveland. He's uh, hasn't been a problem in the, in the locker room. Uh, also, Kachiri, you know, he's a very consistent receiver. He he's played well. Uh, whenever Kachiri's not hurt, that's his key because he seems like he's always banged up a few times in a season. But uh, anyway, they, I mean, they they really haven't played bad. Dustin Keller's decent uh, receiving tight end. Honestly, as Sanchez gets more experience, I think this is going to be a very good offense in a few years with that balanced attack of running and passing. Yeah, and of course, the one the one match that everybody's going to be watching this weekend is going to be uh, Jets cornerback Darrell Rivas versus Bengals wide receiver Chad Ochocinco. I mean, they're having all their Twitter fights, uh, and Rivas said his famous line, you know, 
you don't tweet on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, in, in terms of this uh, game coming up here, uh, this is the one matchup. Uh, I guess it could come down to these two guys. Uh, well, I mean, I, obviously Ochocinco, despite all his tactics, I mean, I really, I, I do like that he brings, you know, a fun type of atmosphere to the to the field every Sunday. I mean, yeah, I really no. I think he has a good personality. Some people don't like him. I'm I'm actually one of his fans. I really do like what he does. Um, and he's obviously a very talented receiver, probably one of the top ten or fifteen receivers in the league right now. But I mean, I just think Revis. Uh, he's just been out of this world this year. He really has been. And you know, I mean, they might not give him the defensive MVP because you know he didn't have as many interceptions as Darren Shopper or Charles Woodson. We might he didn't have you know sacks or anything, but I mean if you watch him on a week by week basis, play by play, I mean this guy he hasn't allowed honestly one big play the whole season. I can't remember a big play that he's allowed. Also, we should mention no receiver has more than thirty five yards against him this season. That's not that's not easy to do. Exactly. I mean he's he's done a fantastic job. I mean you don't. I mean it's obviously been said in the media a lot. You guys probably know. I mean Randy Moss he stopped he stopped. Uh, you know, uh, Steve Smith, Carolina, while he was healthy, he stopped Andre Johnson. I mean, he, he stopped so many elite receivers in this league, and he just the list keeps growing. I mean, soon he's got a checklist instead of Ocho Cinco. <laughs> Number to call in six four six four three eight five one one eight. Another match would be you mentioned David Harris, the uh, the LB, the linebacker for the Jets. Uh, he has an ankle injury right now, and the Jets got to hope that uh, he's not scratched before this game. Uh, because he can really stop a running back, said Benson. I mean, yeah, they still have Bart Scott in the middle, but, you know, the Jets play a 3-4 defense, and they need those, those both of those middle linebackers. That's a big key. And, you know, you know, it takes a lot, it shows a lot to play that Harris is, because before the season, I mean, the Broncos asked uh, for David Harris for straight up for Brandon Marshall. The Jets wouldn't do it. So, I mean, and they didn't have Braylon Edwards at the time. So that shows you how good of a player David Harris is that, you know, he, they they think he's better, he's more valuable than a receiver like Brendan Marshall. Uh, but uh, all right, so that that that's the Jets Bengals game. That should be a great one. There's also three other games this weekend. The first one being the Saturday night game, which will follow the game in Cincinnati. That is the Eagles at the Cowboys. Uh, Ethan's I would try uh, two not favorite to watch teams the game because this is going to be too painful to watch. But uh, the uh, Quas two favorite teams, of course, the Eagles and Cowboys. Uh, who do you like? Uh, I mean, obviously you got to pick your poison in this game. I mean, uh, one of the teams that you dislike is going to win. Uh, who do you think has the edge in this Outside game? Outside of the Eagles and the Cowboys, I, 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 you know, I'll pick the Cowboys here um, just because. Uh, well, the thing is, I would actually pick the Eagles normally because uh, the quarterback, Donald McNabb, is a Syracuse graduate, um, but I don't think I'm going to go that route. I'm going to pick the Cowboys uh, because, you know, the Eagles have uh, had their time to shine. They made a Super Bowl in the last decade. And I guess now it's time for the Cowboys. I actually, I actually am hoping for a Cowboys Jets Super Bowl. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. Oh, that'd be interesting. I would hope for Jets versus anybody. I don't really care who it would be. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, point, I think. It, yeah, go ahead. At this point, but yeah, these are uh, Dallas. Um, actually, leads the postseason rivalry two to one. So the favorites on Dallas. They won last week. And this is game two of their two game series. Um, <laughs> Dallas did win last week. The big matchup in this game is going to be. Uh, Trent Cole of the Eagles versus uh, Cowboys Flavzal Adams. Uh, this is a this is a really big matchup uh, in this game. Uh, oh yeah, the Philly uh, Phillies. I always do that. The Eagles. I mean, well, well, first of all, what has been mentioned a lot is their center going down, and all of a sudden they're just going to a rut after their center went down. I mean, they were up 27-3 against the Broncos, and then since then they've been outscored. I believe it's uh, I believe it's about 50 to three. So I mean, I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, the one player it shows like the you know the signals that he calls, the the blocking packages, all that can be affected just by one player. But uh, anyway, I mean, I think this is the hardest game of the weekend to pick. I think both these teams, you know, you don't really know what kind of game they're gonna have. You know, the Cowboys, they've been the hottest team in football the past you know three or four weeks, uh, ever since that game against New Orleans. But you, you never know. They they've been known to lay eggs in the past in the playoffs. And the Eagles, it just seems like they just run their team professionally. They're always ready to play when the games count, and they're always close. I mean, I think this is the hardest game. I'm going to pick the Eagles. I like the Eagles on the road. I really, I still don't think, I don't believe in the Cowboys. I don't buy into them. 
Yeah, I'm going to take the uh, – well, let's do our predictions quickly. Uh, I'm taking the up. Eagles on the road. All right, so taking the Eagles on the road. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys uh, 27 And who would you take in the Jets-Spangles game? Did you pick would, that I'm, game? I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets at 30-27. to 27. Okay, Jets 30-27. I have the Jets 23-20, and then I have the Eagles. I'll say they'll win uh, 27-20. I'll say 27-20. All right, now we go to quickly over to Arizona. Sunday, well, Sunday, well, the first game is uh, Ravens at New England. Ravens, New England, yeah. I just think this is simple. I mean, uh, New England, of course, banged up by the West Welker injury and, uh, you know, a few other, uh, I mean, obviously Tom Brady, uh, there was a report that he had broken ribs, but maybe he doesn't. I'm not sure, but the Patriots, they always just seem, Belichick always has them ready for these types of games. I think they win this one pretty easily. I think the Ravens were a better team at the beginning of the season. I think without Ed Reed, uh, I think they're they're in a lot of trouble against the uh, passing game of the Patriots. So I'll pick the Patriots 34 to uh, 17. I'm going to say 37-21 New England, and uh, we got Green Bay Arizona. That's another rematch. Um, Green Bay, of course, the uh, other wild card team that knocked out the Giants, and uh, Arizona. I mean, I in this game, I love Green Bay. I like. Uh, I like uh, their defense with, you know, Charles Woodson has had an unbelievable season. They have oh, a few yeah. few good young guys up there in the front seven. Uh, of course, I love what Aaron Rodgers has done. Uh, Ryan Grant seems to have, seems to have uh, re, uh, re-found himself or uh, whatever word I'm looking for, uh, retooled, whatever you want. Uh, but he's had a much better season than he had last season. Uh, I, I like the Packers a lot. I mean, they killed them last week, but obviously that was with Matt Weinert. You have Kurt Warner back. But, uh, of course, the Cardinals are banged up with their injury to Anquan Bolden. I like the Packers in this game, 31-23. to uh, Yeah, what's odd in this game is Green Bay has the better record, and they're uh, the road team. But, yeah, uh, I like Charles Woodson against Larry Fitzgerald. I think it's a good compliment, um, a really good compliment. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Green Bay in this one, 30-17 uh, to 17 over Arizona. Uh, All right, that, that'll do it. I mean, so the wild card playoffs, so... The Jets, the Eagles, the Patriots, and the Packers will advance. Yep. For you, it's the Jets, the Cowboys, the Patriots, and the, what would you say, the Packers or Cardinals? I'm Packers, the Packers. Packers. So we're pretty much the same except for the eagle Cowboy game we disagree. And yeah, it's been one minute on the uh, hockey. Um, Devils, <laughs> got to say, the best team in the... Uh, uh, best team in the Eastern Conference right now. No question, Bodor has the record in shutouts, 106. It's just it's just amazing how every year you think you know you know are they going to be good you know is Brodeur finally going to break down and get older it never happens they're just always good. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers you, you just saw them a couple nights ago. Um, yeah, last night I was at the Garden. Uh, actually, believe it or not, first win I've ever seen at the Garden. That was my uh, fifth game at the Garden all time. That's the first win I've ever seen it. So some Broadway magic. The Rangers are hot. They're seven one and two in the last ten. So they're on fire right now, and they've won two in a row. So uh, they're looking they're looking good right now. The Rangers are right in the midst of playoff race, and so are the Islanders. Um, believe it or not, the Islanders have have rejuvenated themselves as a as a, as a uh, hockey franchise, and uh, they are right there in the mix as well. So. I mean, well, the Islanders they're not going to be great this year, but they do have a, a great future. I really do think so. I mean, two or three years down the line, I think they could be the best team out of the three local teams. I mean, because I do think their young players are very good. I think DiPietro eventually will be back, uh, and he could definitely be one of the best goalies in the NHL. He he, he single-handedly carried them to the playoffs a few times back in uh, it was it was like oh six, I believe when when they uh, made the uh, playoffs against the uh, Devils. Yes. In that final game with that shootout, that was insane. Right, but anyway, uh, unfortunately, we have run out of time. It, that that show seemed like it went really fast. That means we must have done a good job, Quest. Yeah, certainly. All right. Uh, well, we'll see you next week. Uh, same time, same place. Uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, our listeners are more than double from last time. We went from 6 to 13. So uh, we're getting there. I mean, obviously, we have to... Uh, we have to uh, advertise a little more, but I think we've done a good job. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Next week it will be there. even better, and we're looking forward to a great new year, a great new decade. And this is going to be a Stay great show. Thanks to our uh, Twitter and Facebook page updates on guests and such. Uh, we're going to end with a song called Rose by Caleb Stowers, a friend of the show, Doc Network, close out the show. Once again, thanks for tuning in. I'm Ethan Klossman. 
I'm Stephen Ackerman. Good night, and uh, take care. Stay safe out there. Go Jets. J-E-T-S, baby. Saturday, 4.30. Don't miss it. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.